Gravel. 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 Yeah. Gravel. 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 Mm-hmm. Gravel. <laughs> Mud. Good evening, and welcome to episode 99 of the Yay Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sochirio. This, I feel like this is an emergency session of the podcast called to order by Matt Kite. He, he hit us up on the podcast phone, and he's like, we got to get down to the Bar- Barrister's Gallery and talk about what just happened this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm referring to is the Iowa caucuses <laughs> that's happening tomorrow, today, tonight. tonight. Right, as we speak. I was, we were talking about the tacos we had after a club ride. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't, that wasn't the reason I wanted to do it. I wasn't on that ride. Uh, so I actually got what it, the reason I wasn't on any part of the club ride on Saturday was, you know, for me, there are certain events that happen. Only once a year. You know, this is effectively Crossmas, really, even though it happens, you know, it's like... Wait, uh, wait. I thought Crossmas was the cursed period. Come on. Well, it is, but I guess, okay. I don't know. What do you call it? What do you call it? Because it is the, the pinnacle. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, the zenith, right, of, of, of Cross. It really is. It's an event that all athletes... It is an event that rewards something that all athletes strive for that are cyclists, Be- beyond maybe a gold medal in the Olympics. Right. But we're talking about, obviously, the world champions, world championship, which mm-hmm. creates world champions. Or world championships, if you will, because there were multiple, multiple world ships. champion r- races. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we're talking about cyclocross worlds yeah. this weekend in Dubendorf, Switzerland, at an airfield. I gotta tell you what, we'll get into the races, but did that course look familiar to you guys? Flat and then like a levee. <laughs> yeah. And then flat. Yeah, hopefully. And kind of muddy. Yeah, they, they tried to replicate Bohenza on the uh, tarmac of an airport. Yeah, Bohenza, which is, you know, not gifted with the greatest of elevation changes itself. Uh, yeah, basically just one. This one had like two levees right it did and actually i don't even think they were levees because they weren't essentially creating a ring around something they no there were piles of dirt that they brought in specifically to do cross worlds on as what i understand i literally i thought they they were like i thought they were like sound barriers or something for the airfield i think they mounted i think they mounted that dirt up that's a lot of dirt to bring in yeah i thought they were like either like some sort of like uh you know so the plane goes skidding off the air Maybe it was berms of some sort, protective berms. Anyway, mm. well, they they did bring in the flyovers, though we know that the artificial <laughs> they hills. They did. Maybe when they flattened the place to make that airfield, that was all the dirt that was left over. Yeah. So I mean, we had some pretty good races. I'm trying to remember. There were six of them. Yes. This is the new year, the first year we've had a junior women's uh, category. Yep. You know, in the in the time that we've started watch cross, we've seen the addition of the uh, women's U23, and now we have the 
junior women's race. So there were six races this uh, over the weekend. Well, and we've also seen the addition of junior men's. I don't think junior men's were was a championship in cross until somewhat recently as well, right? Uh, I believe it's been there for at least ten years or so. That came first, but yeah. So, but I mean, in our time of watching the world champs being able to watch the world yeah. champs for a start is one thing right yeah. yeah uh it's gone from four to six races yeah. and parity from between men and women which is uh which is pretty awesome but in terms of parity i think that there was one race that rose above the best of above the rest and was the best race of the weekend um was the women's women's race on saturday the elite women's elite race elite yes i don't think certainly don't think you'll get any argument uh from anyone on, on that one i mean we'll get to the men's race as well and there were certainly some aspects of the men's race that were incredibly special but uh i, I don't think anyone would argue that the uh the women's elite race was the was the best race of the weekend the, anyone that wouldn't argue that 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 women's elite race was the yeah, best. yes so race. where do you guys want to start yeah. with with that race i mean it was I guess we can talk a little bit about what we thought pre-race and what happened during the race. I think in my case, I I thought it was going to be brand. We looked at the course. Me too. And we decided, you know, we actually hadn't seen the course yet when we recorded, that it was going to be a lot of power sections and some fairly easy levy uh, crossings, uh, if you want to say. And then, you know, that that, that would fit into brand skill set, even though worst in Alvarado I think we sort of all agreed they would be on the podium it was sort of the the order mm. you know we just we the way I looked at it you know head-to-head Brand had won the World Cups had beat Alvarado a bunch had beat her in sprint worst had beat Alvarado in a sprint multiple times as well so just the way we kind of figured out that it was going to be maybe worst or Brand and uh Alvarado said kind of you know two-finger salute to every all the haters not that there are really many really haters out there but but really, I mean, Alvarado, I think, put in, like, one of the best performances I've seen in a long time at a cross race. Really, I mean, showcasing showcasing that Alvarado literally has all the skills now. I mean, yeah. I think, I think she wrote a – she's got the tech skills. She's got plenty of power. I think her race IQ is, is really high, and I think that she – she came around worst and beat her in a sprint from behind. Something convincingly, we, yeah. Very, you know, I mean, worst stop, stop pedaling, and that's something we hadn't seen her do yet, really. Like, come from behind and out sprint worst. And the fact that she, you know, lost the or she fumbled at Hugerheide, but she came back and did that on the at the world championship stage on, on the day where it all counts for everything was phenomenal. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, you know, I, I I picked Alvarado, but I picked her uh, on the last podcast as as a real sentimental favorite. I certainly had a lot of the same thoughts as as you guys about um, Brand and and the type of course that this was, and then also, of course, uh, it, if it came down to a sprint, you had to like worst over Alvarado, given the way things had gone. Uh, so far this season when Alvarado had won she had won going away and she had won because she had made a move during the course of the race that gave her separation and was 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 not winning races in sprints she was winning races by dominating the technical sections of certain courses and just riding away 
that obviously didn't happen in this race. I think, interestingly, I do think that it was a power course, without a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. And I don't think that Alvarado won it because she had more power than Brand or more power than Worst. I think that the, the course was so hard, involved so much power, mm-hmm. uh, that really it just sort of neutralized Brand's power. Uh, I think they were all having to work so hard to stay away and to stay together and to ride that course that at the end of the day, um, the, 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 the power became, even though it was the biggest factor, it became an equalized factor for all of them. And really what won the race for Alvarado with the things that you mentioned, Bodie, her race IQ, uh, her composure, and her ability to be just a little bit better mm-hmm. than Brand and Worst on some of the, the technical parts of that course there weren't a lot but there were a couple and I don't want to break the race down too much but there was a particular moment on the last lap where Alvarado was uh, third out of the three they were all still together Worst made a big move big kick to try to get away just over the top of one of those last little hills last Mm -hmm. little levee sections Brand kind of stumbled as she went up it and Alvarado was able to and, and Brand almost kind of put a foot down Alvarado was able to stay on her bike and get around Brand uh, around the right of her and equal Worst's little power move and and get on her. That's when they dropped Brand for good. And, you know, that took a lot of skill, that took a lot of composure, that took a lot of smarts for Alvarado to see what was happening and not get caught behind Brand in that moment. Um, And... You know, I don't know what it was that gave her the ability to to outsprint worst in this case, whereas she hadn't before. Um, she did, you know, she was behind her. She was sprinting from from uh, second place. Uh, maybe worst opened it up too early. I mean, who knows what happened? Worst had to be confident in that situation because of the way the season had played out to date. You know, uh, Bodie, you and I were in a little Twitter chat with with Richard Sachs or the Richard Sachs race team. I don't know who's doing their their Twitter, but you oh, know, it's Richard that was saying that you know, well, it's awfully hard to win a sprint from the front like that, and saying you know, worst maybe was in a bad position. But but frankly, um, you know, unless my memory. Is, is failing me, uh, Worst has won at least two, if not three, sprints against Alvarado from exactly that position this season, sprinting from the front and just out-sprinting Alvarado and Alvarado not being able to come around her. That seems yeah. to have been the way the season played out. So I think Worst was in exactly the position that she'd won from multiple yeah. times this season. So no, yeah, I, th- I don't think you can blame her. No, I think Worst, wa- yeah, I agree. Worst wanted to be in that position. Um, and, you know, just the the emotion that we saw at at the finish line and after i mean you see you saw worst collapse on the i mean they both collapsed on the ground mm-hmm. i mean like just just how hard they were going those last laps uh, is bonkers and you know i mean alvarado just kind of lets out a scream and you know she's on the ground and like her mom's picking her up and you, then you see like you see worst over against the barrier just like shell-shocked i mean i think really she's probably processing what just happened like that close to getting the rainbow bands i mean at 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 such a young age you know she's been the european champion she won the world cup overall the week before just u23 world champion yes two years ago yeah that's right um so just that trajectory great season and to be so tantalizing close Mm -hmm. to the rainbow stripes and to 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 miss out i mean that, that that i mean 
as a filmmaker, as a photographer, as a storyteller, like I wanted to be at that that scrum on the ground with those photographers. I right. want I wanted to be there grabbing those shots. Um, and then you know we had a we had an interesting thing on the podium where we we had a visibly upset Anna Marie Worst. You know she she was not all smiles. Um, like I said, I think she was still processing that loss and and. And, and you, you're like you said, you're that close to it. Yeah, you've been. It's in the back of your mind the entire year, right? It is. It's got the world. They would give up probably every other win of the season to win, and that's what's crazy about it, right? What the the rainbow jersey? You would probably like say, you know what? I'll tell you can. I'll I'll give up the World Cup overall. Yeah. For for the for the rainbow bands any day. I mean, look at Sana Kant last year. She had like two wins. But she won the world championship. Okay, she had a lot she of had, wins. Yeah, she had she had she had a few wins, but um, but she wasn't like consistently the best or anything. But she brought she brought it at worlds. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's um, you know, there's all the you know people like going oh sore loser or whatever. That's like no, you just like let you you can't hide your emotions. This is how much it means to you. This is what it means as a professional cyclist, and this could be. Who knows what happens? You could get injured, right? And that was that was your one shot. Right, yeah. That was your one shot, and you were that close to it. And you're the Raymond Poulidor of cyclocross after that. You know, it could be... <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, poor sportsmanship is, you know, not shaking the other rider's right. hand after right. the race. Um, not... Not coming uh, to the podium. Yeah, not showing up know, to, like, the, yeah. to the podium. Um, Throwing your bike around. The essence of sportsmanship is wearing that sporting emotion that ultimately high intensity, high caliber sporting emotion on your sleeve that way. You know, if you're, if, if, if sportsmanship and, and, and the pinnacle of, of athletic joy is Alvarado pumping her fist and y- y- letting out that yell and just being overcome by emotion after crossing the line in first place, the pinnacle of sportsmanship for the person who just missed out on that is looking like you just you know, lost the most important race in your life. I mean, mm. goodness gracious, what do you want? Like, that's what you want. You want to see the person suffering and and, and, and seeing that they are, uh, how much it meant to them. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're athletes. This is everything to them. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you saw it from Alvarado was, you know, collapsed. She had given absolutely everything she possibly had in that sprint. It was like it was like uh, Vanderpool after Amstel Gold. Yeah, um, and you know, also it's like it, it it's interesting thinking about like what second place means to some people, and, and it's really about the context and how the race plays out. Because sometimes, you know, we'll go to the men's race. That second place was achieved in a completely different fashion, right? And so, like to to Tom Pidcock getting second. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's stoked about that second place, right. like you know, and it's completely different. So it's. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the that I think that was the second best moment of the of the weekend. Yeah, it was I mean, Pitcock second place. You know, Alvarado winning the the, the women's elite. Yep. was it was clearly the, the the defining moment of these world championships. But I honestly, to take nothing away from Matthew Vanderpool riding a flawless and amazingly Impe- overwhelming race. Yeah, he, he rode an absolutely impeccable race, and Vanderpool riding an impeccable race mean, means he wins by a minute and a half. Yeah, but but. Pidcock's second place, um, 
was was really the the, the shining moment, uh, certainly of that race, and probably the you know of the well, one of the best of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you look at the contrast between okay, the women's race after what the first lap, it was a Dutch team time trial, a four yeah. a four yeah. rider. T- it was a team time trial. It was crazy. Um, their dominance was just you know amazing they got it's, they got the all three spots on the podium and then i think yara finished fifth well and 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 yeah to, we, to oh, that we, point, we haven't mentioned not, who who finished yeah, fourth that's right let's let's because it's also you know it wasn't exactly a dutch team time trial there was a moment when uh, katie compton who ultimately finished in fourth place mm-hmm. was you know was looking like there was a chance that she might get on the back of those four it was a it was a remote chance and it and it and it was fleeting and it vanished pretty quickly they shut the door on it i think it was alvarado that looked around and saw that compton was coming and and kind of lit the fuse and then that that was it i mean they had too much but kudos to katie compton for a solid solid fourth place yeah i mean i think you have to yeah, definitely huge shout out to Katie. And you look at Katie's season and her nationals, uh, you know, getting third at nationals. Right. She got third at nationals, right? She got second. Wow. Third, she got third at nationals. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we saw her really have a strong European campaign mm-hmm. after nationals. And, you know, it's it's kind of like, that's right. Like, you know, she's she's still she's still pretty much the boss she, she is the boss in american cyclocross and uh you well, know I, th- I think it's a i think i think there is a difference so you do see that difference between katie um who i think is 40 41 maybe and then you have yeah you've got worse and alvarado who are what 23 and 21 and then brand who's like in her mid to late 20s so there's a gen- you know there, there is an age gap there mm-hmm. and it's sort of the, it's the it's the you know the transition of the front of the of the euro cross field and and you know she's got katie's got all the skills in the world and knows how to ride a race knows how to race a race but i think it's just that little bit of extra oomph of power that she doesn't quite have but yeah phenomenal phenomenal finish for her and uh really you know give it gives the americans something to really cheer for and you know we saw a couple other great uh, american results but i think since we're on the elites let i mean let's yeah kind of talk well, about the men yeah matt you were making the point about uh, the the women's race was a dutch team time trial of three well, the men's race was not exactly a, that at all it was, well, no, was vanderpoel off the front and then and then and then a belgian <laughs> what five five six man team time trial pretty at one much point? the uh, belgian federation out for a group ride belgian where, armada yeah, I would say you said that. I mean, I think uh, actually, Pitcock's like, "Cheerio, mind if I join on for a bit?" I think I think you know, like Anne Crossan said that Pitcock was the uh, the meat in the Belgian sandwich. But I would say that uh, the Belgians ended up being the uh, being the bread in the uh, in the bacon butty. That's because 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 Pitcock Pitcock brought home the bacon. Yeah, he did. No, I mean. Think of Matt. Big kudos to you. Uh, you 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 called second, right? Last episode, did you say second? For I, I can't remember. So you you know you gave you gave the tip to Pitcock, and you know I liked that. I thought that he's kind of been that that rider this year who can mix it up. Mm-hmm. You know, use the term X factor. You know, just kind of has something. Is I've always I've said that he's the the Vanderpool light. Um, you know, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's, he's the kind of the same model of rider. He's, 
I would say he's got the same Red Bull helmet, but that's wow. But I mean, he ride. He's a very technically gifted rider. He can yep. throw the bike around. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he just he's kind of scrappy, and yeah. so he gets air and he pops wheelies and and he does all that stuff. And he likes to ride mountain bikes and he likes to do all the same things that Vanderpol does. Uh, he, he likes, likes to, to win championships. Yeah. He does. Um, so, but look, the the major difference though between the women's race and the men's race is that we had a bunch of rain, right? So the course, the course, while flat in you know on Saturday, it, it looked to be kind of like you know soft and muddy and a little bit bumpy, which made it hard. But then on 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 Sunday, it was it was total it, slop fest. Slop fest. It was a it was a tractor pull, as they say. Um, and I guess Matt, you can confirm this. Those are those are great. That's a that's, balmy day in Yorkshire. That's a that's a lovely early, uh, late spring, early summer's day. Um, it's a and, good day for some fish and chips under the bus stop. Well, we saw you know we saw at Namur, right? We saw what happened at Namur. I mean, Pitcock just cracked on the last lap near mm. the end there, but he excels in right. in really crappy conditions. Uh, it in great contrast to you know his sort of uh, I guess like his age right age group rival. I mean. We've got to remember this. Alvarado, under 23, she stepped up. Pidcock, under 23, and he stepped up, and they both got big results, obviously. Right. Alvarado got the biggest result, but, um, you know, I think Pidcock got the biggest result he possibly could. Um, so, you know, um, amazing that, you know, they Pidcock could have easily won U23. Alvarado could have easily won U23. So for them to step up and do that, I mean, it's a risk, isn't it? It's, it's a, a risk. huge risk, and it's quite a payoff. I mean, just yeah, that's a story point. Thinking about Alvarado and that and that risk of you know, she said she was into U twenty threes. I mean, her form was so good. It's like why would you know she wins Dutch nationals as an elite? She says, okay, I'm going to the elites the weekend before she loses the World Cup and mm. that race on the on a last last corner bobble. You know, there could have been a lot of self doubt there. Um, and that could have really gotten to her head on on Saturday and on World Championships, but I mean, she fucking balled it up, yo. Yeah. Like she, I don't know. I just, it's really awesome to see Alvarado. You know, we've talked about this before. She's as a woman of color, like as a world champion in cyclocross. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty groundbreaking achievement, and that's yeah. I think that's awesome for the future of the sport. And uh, I, so I just wanted to pull up. I was like, how many, you know. How many rainbow shirts is Alvarado gonna get? And I was like, you know, how many does what's the how many does Voss have? Seven, I think. Yeah, just seven. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. In cross. In, cr- in cross. So yeah, we're talking about cross. We're yeah. just talking about Alvarado. Yeah. Like wondering the future and like so you know, Vanderpool just won his third. Uh, Sonicant has three. Voss has one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. Plus the first one, so she has seven. And I mean, those, those are all elite, right? Those, those are, are all elite. Yeah, I'm just yeah. just the elite. So I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, how many Alvar- how many rainbow shirts will Alvarado get in cyclocross? Well, I think a better question is how awesome and how long do we as fans get to appreciate the Alvarado and Marie Verst rivalry? And and maybe throw Lucinda Brand's name in there as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, although but. I, I, I don't know that her name belongs in that conversation, but certainly certainly was in that conversation this Saturday for for a good long while. Yeah, I just I just think they're all young, but especially Verst and 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 Alvarado. I mean, they could be back and forth 
at this for a long, long time. And yeah, they're like the the the, the and Vanderpol of uh, of women's cross in, in well, many ways. Yeah, or you know, uh, Niels and and Albert. Sorry, sorry. Niels and, and Albert. Niels and, <laughs> and Sven. Yeah. And yeah. Sven and nice. Yeah, <laughs> Sven and nice. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna guess. You're not gonna you know. The other thing I'll say about that, I'll qualify this before I give you a number, is that where I think that the level of competition in 2020 and on in women's cyclocross is probably a little bit more stout overall than it was when Marianne Voss won six in a row. Mm -hmm. So I think she's at a little bit of a disadvantage to try to equal a number like that. Good point. Um, You know, but certainly four or five is not out of the question. Nope. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, we're going to have lots of good worst Alvarado battles. Um, you know, we've got other youngster comes coming up. You know, think of uh, Sheeran and Andrew, Dutch writer, Sheeran. What? Van Anroy? Sorry. Yeah. What would I say? Sheeran Andrews. <laughs> Sheeran Andrew? Sharon Andrews. Sharon Andrews. Okay, yeah. That's her, that's her American name. All well, right. hey, let's segue real quick to the women's U23. Um, I mean, it's not, not worth getting into any kind of a detailed race report. Well, I'm sorry, about Matt, the women's you never juniors. gave your answer. Well, about how many? Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think yeah, like four or five is, is certainly feasible. Um, but no, I think, yeah, the... Ten. Uh, wow. Well, it's, it was... Going in. As an Alvarado supporter, and I'm a huge <laughs> Alvarado supporter... Pulling for for sure to win on Saturday, but even that being said, I hope that Anna Marie Verst wins it next year. Yeah, no, I, I think I like that. That that creates a, a more interesting story. Yeah, um, you 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 get the that adds complication and conflict. So yeah, I like the idea of them going back and forth, and like I said, bring in see the other women who are coming up. Um, Sharon Van Anroy, mm-hmm. who is 17 Dutch, won the juniors race ahead of Puck Peters. Um, who got third in that race? Uh, don't remember. Oh, that was the... Um... Oh, Madigan Monroe. Duh, Madigan yeah. Monroe. Yeah. Young, young American. That, you, were, that, you were throwing me a softball. I, I thought, was, I, I was, was a, yeah. I thought yeah. it was a trick. I thought sure. you didn't remember. Sure, that's exactly that's what I was doing. Throwing yeah. you a softball. Who got fourth in the U23 race? Katie Klaus. There you go. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about that U23 race real quick because there are some future stars. Crazy, like, Matthew Vanderpoel-esque performance from uh, Norbert Ribeirol of of France. Just completely destroyed the field in that race. Can I say I called that? You did. I, I, I heard that. I listened to that today. I yeah, called that, yeah. so I'm pretty stoked about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, she's a, obviously a, a very, very strong rider. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she's probably got more power than, you know, uh, than anybody in that in that race. And, and it showed, and it was, again, this that race was also on Sunday just before the men's elite race. And... Uh, I mean, the men made it look a little bit easier uh, to ride just because of their, you know, the, the elite men versus the U23 women. There were some U23 women that just were struggling on that course. Oh. Man, it was just looked like a war zone. I mean, just nuts. Yeah. And then, I mean, no Dutch women on that podium. Uh, Blanca Kat- Katablanca Vass? Blanca- She's Blanca Hungarian. Katablanca? Yes, uh, was second. And yep. uh, Anna Kay was third. Yeah. Great rides by all three of them, but yeah, uh, Norbert Riverall was just 
I mean, just blew everybody out of the water, didn't she? She rode away, and, and, and then it was a, a little group behind that, that, that Katie Klaus was uh, kind of bossing that group for a bit. I mean, she basically got the whole shot. She, she was in first place, you know, uh, two-thirds of the way through the first lap. Yeah, that's or right. halfway through the first lap. Uh, it was overtaken by the eventual winner, Norbert Riverroll, and then rode with Anna Kay and Katja Kay came, came for from a while. ways back. Yeah, she yeah. did. And um, but then it was a, a big battle uh, between uh, Katie Klaus and two Dutch riders, Inga Van der Heiden, who was the reigning U23 champ, mm. and the other Dutch rider whose name escapes me right now. Uh, but did you guys notice that Inga Van der Heiden? She seemed she was riding very oh. timid. She was. She, she was, was that steep. running down most of those. Well, there was yeah. that one, Descents. that one where they make like a little kind of almost a U-turn down the levee, and it had that super deep rut. Yeah, that ev- that you had to get into, and everybody else is riding that, and she was getting off and running it, and yeah, she just there was no way. I mean, you lost so much time from from that because you picked up so much momentum going down that. Thing. Yeah, you could see the gaps that were being made from different riders riding it better than others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she, you know, for, I hate to say this because it sounds like mansplaining or whatever, but, you know, I think her her timidity that you mentioned, and I think, like, if, you know, that's her technical skills, really, and on other parts of the course, too, were really, uh, you know, cause she's, um, you know, she's a super strong rider, and, and she was just losing time every yeah, lap I, I from think- that. I think she's a rider who has a lot of power and not quite the skills yet. Yeah. I mean, right. You say like, I mean, she's but, but like, you know, Lucinda Brand was a lot like that, but I think her skills have improved a lot, although yeah. she's not at Alvarado's level and she would, you know, in, in that elite race, she was constantly having to chase down those gaps and she yeah. has so much power that she can well, do I mean, it. I think you, you know, I, I don't, and I don't know Alvarado's history in the bike or brands. Um, but I, I think you do have, you know, different types of riders, you've got someone who's really got, like, like I'll say that cross IQ, just the innate ability mm-hmm. to move the bike underneath you and to have that balance. And then you have some people who just have an incredible engine and can pick, you can pick up a lot of technical skills. You can learn a lot of technical skills. You can't learn how to have a high VO2 max or high threshold. I mean, you can train yourself to your capacity, but like, it's easier to be really strong and then pick up the technical skills. Yeah. But you'll always just have those riders who just have that gift. I mean, I think, you know, Vanderpool is a rider, you know, Pidcock, Alvarado, they just well, have that ability to ride a bike so smoothly. Yeah. Well, Townsend, you brought it up yesterday. The moment when Pidcock decided he'd had enough of the, you know, of, of the Belgian game being played, he was in the middle of that group. And he just did, you know, what I think you described it as like a, a running back move. You know, he just weaved through them and shot off the front and blew them apart. Yeah. The only one who could stay with him was um, was Tone. And then he, you know, he just kept doing it. And eventually Tone was uh, was gone. I think I actually described it not as a, a running back move, but as a bit of a... Uh, a, a, a- a pub fight move in, oh, a, in, right. in, a, in a Yorkshire in a Yorkshire pub fight when it's uh, when it's a little uh, Tom Pidcock and he's got uh, five angry Belgians around him. Yeah, and uh, you're not going to win that fight if you try to take them on one at, one by one. You gotta you gotta go for the quick kill shot and then and then run away. 
and uh, and that's what he did. He just he just punched one of them in the face real hard, and then just <laughs> <laughs> just got on it, and then he was gone before oh, they man. before they knew what had happened. That's funny. He punched them all. In the, he punched all of them in the face real hard, and then ran away. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. I feel like there's actually some other things on the agenda I want to get to, mm. and we don't want to do another hour and a half episode. Is there anything else you guys want to... Do you feel like we need to... Okay. One more thing. Yep, let's hear it. Lousy weekend for the Belgians. Oh, yeah. Except <laughs> except for the men's juniors, juniors race, right, yeah. where, they, where they swept the podium. Uh, I think they got one through four, did they... Well, look, and they had an acceptable showing in the in the men's elite. I mean, behind behind one and two, I mean, they probably <laughs> then had seventeen of the next nineteen, right? Yeah. I mean, they had oh, just huge mid pack finish. Oldest man in the top ten. I have no idea. And his age, Corner Van Kessel, twenty eight. Wow. That was the oldest person in the men's top ten, and hmm. that that's uh, I think that's the youngest top ten. Interesting. Ever. At, uh, at cyclocross worlds for yeah, men, the, in the men's the belgians yeah. did the belgian and i mean yeah they had you know at a 10 they had seven of the 10 in the in the top 10 although they didn't have the first two so yeah that's that's pretty much a poor showing for belgians mm-hmm. or belgians of the past uh wow shout out to stephen hyde 16th place i know the slow ride pod is stoked about that one yeah i'm sure they're gonna that's gonna be their bit i should i should tweet at super rookie and let them know what to say um, Curtis White in 18th, and Kerry Warner 26. So that doesn't feel like a good ride for him. No, he's two um, laps down too. He got oof. he got pulled. Oh, I'm not sure God. what happened. I think he must have had a mechanical. So uh, only 22 something. riders finished on the lead lap. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Nicola Rohrbach, a Swiss rider, finished 10 minutes and 11 seconds down. He literally must have just passed the start finish. Well, no, that's not how it works though. With the eighty percent rule, but I mean, he obviously just made it under the gun with a ten-minute lap. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, brutal course. Okay. Rumor. This is uh, a rumor I just heard recently. Is that um, isn't it Sven Van Tornout that's running the uh, Belgian yes. men's men's elite team? Yeah. yeah. He has uh, been making booking inquiries at hotels in Yorkshire for next year's training camps. That's what I heard. This is true. Well, I, I, I heard that yeah. somewhere. I don't... Like, yeah, they're not going to go to Mallorca next year to right. train. They're going to learn worlds. how to ride in mud is they're what gonna, Matt They're going to go to Yorkshire. <laughs> okay. Well, they're going to go to Mallorca. Okay. <laughs> okay, that joke went over my... All right, it's good. Uh, yeah, it was too, it was too sophisticated, right. obviously. Uh, my, my final hot take, Belgians need to concentrate on developing some women cyclocross racers. Yeah. They need to put more money more emphasis more something into women's cross i don't know what happened i mean you would think that that sonicant winning three world championships in a row would would do something but uh you know i don't know if it's a lack of emphasis uh, or what but you know when the united states is um it is having a, a better showing in cyclocross worlds with the women's program than the belgians are you know that the belgians are doing something wrong that's not to diss the united states but that's to say where you at belgium I mean, you guys invented this sport, and time it. Well, okay, damn near invented this sport. Time is passing you guys by. You know, the moment is now. Women's cross is is happening, um, and you guys need to get on it. Yeah, and uh, shout out to the uh, USA Cycling Mud Fund. You know, um, I think they they brought a bunch of young riders to Worlds, and they and they got on the podium. So 
you know, kudos. Yeah, great. I mean, I think that was I think that was cool to see. Uh, they've been over there for quite a while. A bunch of bunch of Americans. I mean, that's interesting to think about the the schedule of Nats being in December. Is that we we haven't? I mean, all our top cross racers have been in Europe since cursed period and on. And you know, I think that's probably benefited a lot of them. And some of the youngsters, we got lots of experience. You talk about Maddie, Maddie Monroe, mm-hmm. like came over last year and just kind of got the whole vibe and learned how to race there, and then and turned around and got a bronze medal on the first junior world championship so yeah you know it's showing that you know the the support helps and, and it, the mud fund is something that we can donate to and support if you want to uh, uh you can you know support the program and and these are the results so yeah good job USAC. You know, Townsend, um, we had a fun ride on Sunday. We went up to, uh, where do we go? What is it called? Tunica Hills. Tunica Hills, mm. Mississippi. St. Francisville. Yeah. West Feliciana Parish. Most of that ride actually was in Mississippi. Okay. All right. Yeah. There you so go. on the other side of the border. So we'll call it uh, Tunica Hills, Mississippi. The Cajun Alps, right? That was, that was <laughs> always right. the, the phrase. Uh, anyway, we did, some, we did some gravel grinding on parts of the old Rouge Bay course. Yes, um, uh, with the former race director of Rouge Bay himself, Will, Will Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great ride organized by our friend Jaden. Um, just you know, it was I hadn't been I hadn't been back there since 2017. Rouge Bay, I think, was was the last time I was there. Did a couple roads that are not in the race. In fact, most of the most of the roads we did are not in that race. You only did a, a small section of of the actual old rouge rivet course mm-hmm. um but um, there's a, there's been a few different courses so some of the well i guess you're yeah i know what you're saying but yeah but just thinking about the various and basically it's just that woodstock road segment that we did and then you guys did the blockhouse we did we went well. down blockhouse and then went back up which i hadn't done in since 2016 forgot how hard it was huh <laughs> i mean it's a fucking wall it's yeah. it literally seems like a wall I and it just it, keeps going Right, and it's only, I mean, it's, well, it's only, I mean, when you're going uphill at, you know, at well, it's five two, miles an hour, like yeah. 0.6 miles, it's kind of a, a long ways. But it's two climbs too, isn't it? Because you go over that first section, and then there's like the percentage of the sandy part, and then you and go then, up then you again. go up again, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, it was just really cool to be back in that area, and I know that Will and Dustin have thought about bringing Rouge back, and they've had problems in the past with just the weather in the springtime. It's mm. you, know, you get a lot of flooding, and, and, and bridges are out, and you just actually it's just not not possible. And just I feel like it's a good time for that event to come back in in some shape or form. Um, obviously, gravel is hot. I mean, it's so hot that like two weeks in a row we've opened up our show with gravel cold opens. You know, uh, apologies to all for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I want to, you know, there's some things that we didn't talk about last week in the Grab Gab segment, and I feel like these are things I've been sh- thinking about a lot and just want to kind of exercise, you know, uh, or get off my chest or just kind of workshop or just bounce them off you guys. Or just, let's just, you know, spitball, gravel what? chat. Bodie's, grab Bodie's gravel workshop? <laughs> um, but, but going back to the Rouge Bay, I feel like, I feel like Rouge Bay would be good to come back in some sort of gravel fondo format maybe do it similar to what Jason does, do a 50, do a hundred or 
fuck, throw in 35, 35, 7,500. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a way to make it. You sounded like an auctioneer there. Yeah. <laughs> 55, 75, 95. I mean, sold at I mean, 127 you, miles. What do you, <laughs> and what do you think, Townsend? We were up there in January. It's a beautiful, I guess, February 1st. Yeah. But it was, the weather was great. The, the condition, the gravel conditions were awesome. Like, well, look, I had to split off a little bit early to get home because I had a birthday party slash Super Bowl party to get back home to. Uh, and I rode back from where we split with Will. And he and I spent that entire oh, good. ride talking about Rouge, bringing Rouge back, other th- ideas about doing gravel races up there. Um, and I don't want to uh, spill any of his planning or ideas or whatever. They weren't really you know, shared for me to share yeah, on the yeah. podcast necessarily. But suffice to say that, that, that you thinking about wanting Will and Dustin to try to bring back Rouge um, is, uh, is an idea that, that Will and Dustin have certainly, you know, talked about a lot. And it's exactly the things that you talk about. It's, it's the weather, it's the flooding river, it's other events that are happening up in the St. Francisville area and trying to time this where oh, yeah. the river's not flooding and there's yeah. not a Angola prison rodeo and just, you know, <laughs> trying to find the right time to have it. Um, and then trying to find the right model to do it. Um, Will told me that he gets emails almost weekly from people that have been and done Rouge Roubaix. And, you know, it's funny. We had the little uh, – wanting him to bring it back, saying, please bring this yeah. race back. It's my favorite race ever. Um, we had our little Rouge Roubaix All-Star segment that we did on last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of brought that conversation up when we were talking with Will. And we were just throwing out names. And Will threw out, you know – five or six more names of people that have you know been and done that uh, event and uh you know that are just uh, it's just a great event to have and 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 yes i mean i i i think that the idea is to try to find a way to bring it back and maybe try to do some other more sort of gravel specific events up in that area great so Stay tuned for that, and maybe we should have Will on to talk about it at some point. Yeah. Um, so, sort of, I guess not. It's related to gravel, but maybe not necessarily related to Rouge Bay and that aspect. But one of the things I, I've been thinking a lot about is sort of you know what's great, great, and what people love about gravel and and the events that we have is is sort of the idea of in- inclusiveness, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of sort of lowers the barrier to racing. Um, as we said, you are all racing together. Um, there is no category. It's, it's, it's age group, but you're in the same race. But one of the things that you, you look, if you, and I'm looking, talking about like big, big G gravel is price point. I mean, it's fucking expensive. And, and like, you mean to go in or dirty Kansas or, or, um, uh, any of these big, these big events, right? Yeah, like, you yeah. know, and, you know, and also like, I don't know, how inclusive is a race if you that it sells out in seven minutes? So yeah, you're talking about the the exclusivity of inclusive gravel <laughs> racing in the <laughs> yeah. sense that it's open to anyone and everyone, and we want everybody to participate. But because we have a cap, we now have to have a lottery and. And you better have your credit card ready six months in advance. Yeah, I mean, look, and look, I, I, I like some events, and, and I, I listened to an interview with the Steamboat Gravel promoter. It was like, 
look, like if there's a certain there's a certain number of people on those roads, it's not a fun fun experience. Like you, you're not getting the experience that we want to provide mm-hmm. with your entry. And I get that, right? There there at some point, you know, if you're constantly in elbow to elbow bicycle traffic during the entire you know hundred mile road trip of your gravel race like, like the start of the new york city marathon or for something. the entire time yeah, like right. i so yeah. i get that like and i understand i understand that there are limits and so you do have a you have a cap and and that makes sense but the, it's yeah, these 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 big events that are that are really kind of becoming coming to the fore and are sort of the the big g gravel events as i call them like it you know and this has been tossed around that, that it's becoming similar to like triathlon like ironman right buying up all the all the the smaller events and making them ironman events and then it's like you know it's 400 500 to enter and then yeah. it's like okay so that's great you created a product and people want it and you can you know that it costs as much i mean it's a dollar per mile you know we can kind of talk about it. But then it becomes like, all right, so it's that, that those events, you know, aren't nest like who, who is that inclusive towards? It's inclusive towards the people who have the money and the wherewithal to participate or fly across the country and do mm-hmm. a destination gravel event for five hundred dollar entry and then you know thousand dollars in lodging and plane tickets and food and whatever support. So and then it's like, all right, well then I'm you know I'm thinking, okay, but we, but we do have local events, right? And we do have. Yeah, I mean, look, you, it, it costs, you know, if you're going to go talk about doing a destination event where, you, where you're traveling to the event and, and uh, you know, it, sure, it gets expensive. It, and and, and my, my answer to that, I think, is exactly where you were going, Bodie, which is, you know, do more local events and, you know, enter, you know, enter those. I mean... Uh, I haven't done Dirty Kansas, so I don't have any, I don't have any basis of comparison. And I know people that have, and the people that I know that have done it, are constantly trying to talk me into coming to do it because it's, <laughs> it's an experience that you can't miss, and this and that, and you know, it just, and it's, it's an amazing, you know, the expo and just the vibe and the scene and everything is so incredible. You know, I personally feel like I'd rather support. Jason and what he's doing in the Mississippi Gravel Cup and try to go to all of those events. And I mean, that's, a, that's an, enough of a commitment, right, to drive, you know, just to the local events and spend a, a, a weekend, four weekends doing those races. You know, I mean, I, I, I say support the, support the grassroots gravel and, and, you know, big G gravel, as you call it, is going to be just fine without, without my support necessarily. Yeah, I guess I'm not necessarily saying like that the, that there I'm trying to solve a problem necessarily, but I guess that I guess I'm I want in us like when we talk about gravel and we think about gravel and exclusiveness, and sorry inclusiveness and sort of lower barriers entry that there is a certain barrier we're sort of like accepting like you know obviously getting the gravel bike whatever we're all riding bikes so that's part of the process right but it's like also. Um, it may seem like everybody has a gravel road that you can get to, but if you think mm-hmm. about New Orleans, like we don't actually have a, a lot of gravel roads that are easily accessible. And some of those roads, as we found, you know, are, are private land actually, and people will get kicked off or escorted off these gravel roads. Um, and, you know, like we, you know, like some some places in the country, right, all the rural roads are gravel, and that, it works out really great. And that's why things popped right. up in, like, Kansas, right? It's made sense. But, like, in Louisiana, like, heck, all our small roads are, are paved. Um, 
so just I don't know. I guess I think the, these are things that like, like the easiest thing, easiest like and most inclusive like bike ride is the one that's like the most local and the easiest to do. Like if I can get on my bike right out my door down to the coffee shop and meet my friends for a ride, it can be road, it can be gravel, it can be grass. Like that's like the most easiest and inclusive thing. And like, it doesn't have to be gravel exclusive or like, I don't need a license. There's no entry fee. Yeah. It's like also like sort of like, you know, let's, you know, I guess maybe I'm just thinking out loud, but like, let's, let's, let's take that attitude and extend it to our like local group ride or our local weekday ride. You know, there's Mm -hmm. just like, just make, make it sh- an adventure. Make I guess it a I'm saying bit of an adventure, right? Yeah, like just when we just to make sure that we're aware of these things when we talk about it, and like, and that if we do tr- trying to truly make it accessible to everybody, like, what does that actually mean by accessible? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, we had we had to drive two hours to to uh, ride the Saint. Uh, Francisville gravel and I readily did that but that's not that's not an option for everybody right I mean I think there's always like I I, I like that attitude of like hey there's always a little bit of some kind of adventure and roads unknown and stuff right on your doorstep I mean I I did a gut before not too long before my surgery I went and rode with you guys we did the Saturday club ride we got to a sort of like halfway point at, at Red's and everybody else either turned back or went and did the road road out, out Chef Highway or whatever. And we went along the levee and did that route there and came back around, did another levee. Did, um, yeah, I mean, followed another levee back all on gravel and in fudge at one point, you know, and everything. And it was a, a great fun ride, a really, a really fun adventure. Um, and it's not, it's not crazy. You're not gone all day. You know, yeah. and uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Just Except out on your bike having fun. Most of that was all roads we weren't supposed to be on. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, so if when I'm president, all gravel roads will be free and open to the public. I just want to say we, that. We did, avoid the, uh, <laughs> we did avoid the recorded message at the sewage and water board, though. <laughs> right, so yeah. so we, were, we were pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's my, that's my grab gab. Mm. Hopefully I'll have something next week to talk about. All right. And, and, and Townsend, good luck to you this week at Ackerman uh, Stop 3 on the Mississippi Gravel Cup, where you'll be defending your Masters 50-plus vest. Yeah, how about yeah. that? And then assuming I'm still a vest, in it. It's like a, a waistcoat? That's a, like a... Is like a wind a, vest. Oh, okay. Yeah. A, a gilet. Yes, a gilet. A gilet, will. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, uh, should we talk about a little bit about because um, gravel is now the hot new thing. I mean, it's an American thing, really, isn't it? Gravel racing. But there's another kind of American racing out there that's been going on for a long time, and are it's you, pretty awesome. Are you talking about American street track racing? I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about hot, dirty speed. America.
Okay, well, all right, we're talking about USA Crits. Do we? Oh, we have an intro song for this one, too. Yeah, yeah we, we just heard it. Matt just left oh, it in there. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. More editing. Thanks, Bodie. <laughs> um, so last week, we said that we were going to like rank our top three mm. USA Crits jerseys. Yep. Men's and women's? Men's and women's. Yeah. Yep. So top three for each. We weren't going to do Trash or Panache. We're no. just going to do our, our, our top three, our favorite ones. We asked for listener feedback. We got none. Uh, well, maybe we did. I don't know. Did I check the mm. email? But we do we do have some viewer mail uh, a little bit later, right? Did did spin, spinning tacos didn't didn't chime in on this uh, on these uh, spinning tacos? Where are you at? Did you chime in on the jerseys? I don't think so. Mm, yeah. Wait, I had I, okay. You okay? You guys have to well, go real first. Quick, real quick on spinning tacos, though, we, we we determined that that in fact was not Taco Tommy, temporary Taco <laughs> tattooed Tom Gibbons. Yeah, it was not. It was another. Uh, Someone who another person who likes tacos. Yeah, apparently so. And or also, maybe, or maybe somebody who has tacoed a lot of wheels. Maybe yeah. that's where the spinning tacos comes from. Yeah. Or mm. it's someone who rides bikes and eats tacos. So spin, spinning mm. tacos. Yeah. Um, it's a fairly common combination. Yes. Riding bikes and eating tacos. We did that this weekend. We did. Those two things go well together. Bikes and donuts. Bikes and beers, mm. bikes and coffee, mm-hmm. bikes and tacos. Yeah, agreed. What about bikes and burritos as well? Burritos under certain circumstances. Post ride burrito. I think the taco is is a is a the size wise is a better match. What? I mean, no. Why well, okay. you're, you're not going to eat a taco? You're in Jersey. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying a taco. Okay, I've never is a better you. match right. size wise for on, the hang bicycle. On, hang on, no. See, like. I, I feel like if you're gonna like fold it up in foil and like then it's that becomes a burrito. It's not a taco anymore. It's a, it's a small burrito though. A burrito would be a more pr- practical uh, thing to put in your jersey pocket than I a agree. taco. I agree. Yeah. 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 So okay. Well. Also, don't bring soup on a ride. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, no feedback. I can't log into my email. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just go it alone here, guys. All right. We're going to start with the women's. Yes. Here we go. Okay, because they're at the top of the page. Uh, oh, first, let's first of all, um, before we do that, because we're looking at all the pictures of the women's ones right now. Yeah. Uh, I So I was talking to you in the car about this. There is a new women's team, women's... Uh, of one of the, you know, what was last year a men's team, ButcherBox now has a women's team. And Harriet Owen uh, from the UK, from England, uh, who was on Supermint last yeah. year, she's now going to be riding for ButcherBox this year. So good to see that she's going to be back uh, in USA Crits. Yeah, I was wondering where she was going. I'd sort of placed all the rest of the Supermint riders, and uh, she had mentioned, you know, news coming up about her team and. I didn't see anything posted, and, and Matt, Matt, you broke the news in the car, so that's awesome to see. I'm, I'm curious who else they're going to have mm. around and support. Oh, look at, what do you know? It's right here. Whitney Allison. Oh, Kristen Arnold was on, what team was she on last year? Julie Kalitza, also on Superman. Harry and Owen. Oh, she, she was on uh, Superman, right? Yeah. Yep. Olivia Ray and Natalie Redmond. Olivia Ray won some races last year, I I recognize the name. I think she won the the Rad Sport Reading Rad Sport Festival. Um, so okay. cool, dynamite team. All right, reading, reading or is that Reading? It's probably Reading. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so number three. Mm. Start with number three. Well, I'll give our number three. Okay. The women's mm. jerseys. Okay. I'll start. All right. You guys, I, I heard you talking before we went on air and started recording that you were saying this one was a bit of a, I think you described it as a bit of a pig's ear, Matt. <laughs> well, wow. as a reference to butchery, um, yes, I did. I but said it was I'm going to go a... with the Butcher Box women's kit as my number three women's kit. I like the, the simple plain white. Uh, it does have this camo sleeve. I'm yeah. not a fan of camo. Generally, yeah, but... I'm never a fan of camo. But I have to say, I like the way they've worked it into this jersey with just the single sort of camo sleeve. It's acceptable. It would look better if it was just a plain color and not camo. But uh, I like the kit. It's simple. It's distinctive. You're not going to miss mm. it. Uh, butcher box number three for me. So um, I'm looking at it right now, and the I guess they're trying to show like the butcher's cuts ah, on the jersey okay. with the with okay. the. The, the little, you know, the uh, cut marks, the, the yeah. dash marks. Yeah, I don't. I think that that's just part of the. Mm, um, no. I don't think that's part of the kit. I think that's just mm, the mock-up. No, no, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's part. Of the I kit. think it is. I think that's the kind of the butcher marks when they, you know, they show a picture of a of a, a cow or a pig, and they have those dotted lines of the, okay. where the different cuts are. Um, yeah, that's not my number three. Uh, it, it, it lets it down with the camo. Um, I don't want to be. Yeah, I shouldn't be too critical on all these uh, kits. Uh, I'm, oh, man, I'm gonna go with Colavita just because it's got Celeste on it and it says Bianchi, and but I think the front's a bit of a mess. All right. Yep. My my number three is DNA Racing. Mm, that was my other choice. I I like that shade of pink. Mm-hmm right now on my computer screen and i like the stripes they look fast yep and beyond that that's there's not much else going on so it's it's easy to spot in the peloton and yeah i like it crisp clean way to go i also i also like the cola vita just barely missed out for my for my number three okay uh my number two is uh automatic racing that's my number two in the women um and uh, I have no real comment on that other than, uh, you know, look, it just would almost be a clean sweep number one for me. Um, but I want to I want to show a little deference. I don't want to. Yeah, you like can't, can't give it all up to automatic, like right? You're giving it all up for the home team. But um, <laughs> good job. You know, you're going to be love, out of town this weekend. Love town. the simplicity. <laughs> love the love the, the color combination. I own this jersey. I feel like I look fucking great in it. <laughs> and um, and so, uh, yeah, nothing but good things to, to say about that, mm. that kit. Uh, I, I, I love that kit, too. That is also my number two. Um, and uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Bodie, your number two? No. Well, you, if you guys both picked it as number two, then I have to pick it as not number two. Well, you don't have to. You have so to I'm, go I'm, I'm going with this Hamilton jersey as my number two. Mm. That's a good looking one, just, too. It, I mean, similar to Automatic, it's just like, bam! That's the name of our team across the chest. It's black and it's gray. I mean, you really can't ever go wrong black and a contrasting color. So number two is the Hamilton U. Okay. All right. Who's number one, Townsend? Uh, my top kit is the DNA Pro Cycling kit. Oh, okay. The pink one. Mm. Yeah, I think that um, I, for all the reasons you stated, Bodie, it's a great shade of pink. Um, I like what they've done with the sort of the data lines. 
it actually is is it, it it's actually a fully realized version of what um, Sky was trying to do when they had their like those kind of like data stripes across the chest three or so years ago. I, I feel like this is a fully realized version of that kit. The sponsor is there and you can see it, um, but the kit itself is dominated by the graphic and I think this is gonna look great on the bike. Um, again, not gonna miss this team and class, class jersey. All right. Uh, well, I've, I've gone with uh, Hamilton for my number one. Uh, and I'm looking up the, on there, you know, you click through on the jersey, it's Hamilton United Women. And uh, they're, apparently, I guess, they're, from, team, they're right? from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. They're, they're, that's where the team is based. It's based in Hamilton. It's nothing to do with the musical, uh, which is... <laughs> I uh, didn't uh, that thought didn't even come across my mind. Their hashtag is ham up. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Go ham. All right. Yeah, yeah it should have been well, go they, ham. Yeah. They, and they've got... Well, probably they, go ham would get lost. They, in, have, in, they have 10 women on their roster. I did notice that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, the, I like the mystery because I know nothing really about them. I don't and, either, uh, either. Yeah, and the jersey's mysterious too. So I, I think I'm, I like the air of mystery. All right, and well, simplicity. Well, I'm I'm going number one as maybe I should have done this the other way, but uh, number one automatic racing. Uh, it's automatic. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, I think we love the the orange and the blue. Yeah. No way to and control it. Automatic Correct. has. <laughs> Uh, totally automatic. It's completely, completely automatic. <laughs> they have they have bolstered up their women's squad this year. They have six. Yes. Six women. So they'll be uh, fielding a full squad out there. Excited to see what they do uh, at the crits this year. Um, all right, let's move on to the men. Matt, start us off with your third favorite oh. jersey for the men. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, all right. Third favorite jersey for the men. I'm going to go with Matt's tricky given because this a, Matt's given this a lot of thought. Well, this crossover between the men's and the women's, you know, I so know, right? I almost feel like I have to choose something slightly different, right? Even though I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Third place for the men. I'm going to go with Legion. Okay. I'm going through for Legion of Los Angeles, uh, third place for the men. Um, it's it's clean, I, you know. I just don't like fussy stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. It's a nice looking kit. Looks like it's got a little bit of a fade, but I'm not too annoyed by it compared to others. Wow, uh, they're they're they have twelve riders on their team. Wow. Apparently, uh, Legion had 10 riders out at a crit race in Los Angeles, out in the California Dominguez um, crit races. Our teammate Adam Stevens was out there racing, and mm. uh, so they showed up to party. So, Townsend, are you going next with your number three? No, you are. Lance okay. hate it on there. Well, I mean, I also am going to choose Legion. Uh, I like the change to blue. I like that shade of blue. It's obviously their Rafa, Rafa Custom, so I kind of feel like there's a limited what they can work with. Maybe? I don't know. Um, is this their actual... Is this going to be the... It feels almost incomplete, this jersey, but I'm into it. I like it. Um, like I said, it, it'll be it'll be easy to spot in the Peloton. 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hamilton mm, as okay. my number three for all the reasons that you guys mentioned. With the, it's the same same jersey as the as the women's jersey. Uh, so I'm going go with them for number three. All right, okay. number two, Matt. Well, number two, uh, I'm going to I'm going to do the same again. So I'm going to say it's silly for me to like say I did so. Okay, well, just tell I'm us. Sorry, what is it? I'm sorry, Tom and Lauren. I'm going with automatic number two, and it's purely because of the 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 um, the, the mystery of of my number one choice. Um, so yes, I'm going with automatic again. All right. Well, my number two. And actually, I really like this kit. And I feel like they changed up their colors. I like the CS Velo kit. I mm. saw them last year. I like the mostly white with this block of color. I like the way the CS sits there. Uh, they have a colored sleeve. I feel like it's not always pink, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think they've always had pink in there. I thought like sometimes kit. it was like green or blue. Anyway, just I, li- I like that. I'm, I'm calling it second. All right. Uh, as with the women, I'm going with automatic as my uh, as my number two and again I'm, I'm hedging a bit just because i don't want to sound like i'm phoning it in for the home team automatic number two okay my number one okay i, I basically told you already it's right. gonna be the hamilton one just just because i don't know it might look terrible it might look absolutely awful in real life i have no idea i'm just intrigued i'm intrigued by everything about them all right. Well, I'm going with automatic number one because uh, I will play for the home team. Plus, also they, Tom won. Suck up. He was number one last. He won. You guys, remember that Tom he did. Gibbons? So he didn't get to wear the jersey. He had to wear that. Other jer- he, well, he wore an other orange jersey. It was leader's jersey. Well, it, yeah, it was. I mean, it's a shame that it wasn't, wasn't as nice looking as this one. Let's just leave it at not. that. No. So. Also, fleshed other teams. Six riders on automatic this year. Um, Tom will have a bit more help in the races. I want to I want to point out that one of their hashtags is Shrimp Orange. Can I say this is a great uh, thing that USA Crits is doing? Like, you go to their website, it mm-hmm. shows you the teams, the D1 teams. It shows you the jersey. It shows you the roster. Gives mm-hmm. everybody's uh, Instagram and Facebook or Twitter. It shows you each team has a hashtag. Like, perfect. This is a, this is a great setup to the season. You know. You know how to hashtag your team. You know how to follow the hashtag for your team. I mean, when you when you go to the races and you pop a photo of your favorite racer, you can add that hashtag. So, boom, good work. Mm. Oh, can I, can I just, I just looking at uh, Hamilton's men's roster, 13 riders. Man, they're going to have I wonder if they're going to send all those riders to all the races. It couldn't like possibly. Will Tour team. Yeah. Huge. Uh, my number one, guys, just while we're uh, finishing things out here, uh, is uh, Legion of Los Angeles. Number one, number one men's kit. So everything I like about uh, race kits. All right. Um, something that dawned on me, or I just thought of Bodie, what is shrimp orange? Is that a color? Shrimps are orange? No. It's sort of <laughs> pinkish, right? pink um that's more like lobster orange is it not i don't know i don't know i'm just i don't eat seafood when you when you when you just mentioned that um about if we if we happen to see uh members of automatic racing this weekend we can we can ask them yeah i'm just wondering like under what circumstances would i take a photo of tom on his bike and then hashtag it shrimp orange (laughs) i think if he's on his bike and he's wearing his jersey you hashtag it shrimp orange okay I think they were referring to the helmet uh, when they were talking about shrimp orange. But I guess Townsend's saying our shrimp orange. Uh, 
feel like they're more of a coral, sort of coral color. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll anyway, we'll, yes, we'll figure that out. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, mm. um, we don't have to go home, but we can't stay here. Uh, yeah, I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up and ride my bike in the morning. Yeah. Wait, wait. All right. Before we move on, um, before we wrap this up, breaking, breaking news. Not breaking, but. If you are a USAC licensed rider or you maybe want to join USAC or you're interested in racing, sanctioned racing, the upgrade guidelines have changed. Um, you, Tell us about that. If you are a Cat 5, you are now a novice. Mm. Oh. No longer. There's no more Cat 5. It's uh, the novice category. Mm. Um, if you want to upgrade to 4, you can do that automatically. Oh. And so I, I did all that for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you 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 earned your upgrade to four the way it was back then, and now if you want to be an upgrade yeah. four, you just these kids today they can just do whatever they want, right? Um, yeah. There are uh, when you race in a mixed field, everybody in your field counts. So to people who are looking for upgrades right now, uh, I guess technically the rules state you can go back three years. Uh, of your results, and if you are racing in mixed field with categories that are lower than you, I, I guess at this point you can count everybody in that race, and you might have the points to upgrade to a three or heck even a two. Uh, be interesting to see what this what this does to fields and races. Um, we might all be pro right now for all we know. Well, no, yeah. I think oh, I think on. someone years? like no. me who <laughs> like uh, is a cat three, you know. Sometimes you benefit by getting your your race broken out of the one two threes, um, but now I'll never get any upgrade points um, unless you race the potentially newly created three four category. Yeah, there we go. So look out for that. I've had a few people uh, sending me some DMs about it, and I hadn't seen the official news that it was actually on the website, and it is. It's there. Go check it out under the rules and policies, the upgrade guidelines. Um, have a go, uh, educate yourself and see where you fit in. And, uh, maybe, uh, I, I think all the upgrades are now being handled through USAC, uh, in Colorado Springs. So I am no longer the upgrade master. Um, but I'm here if you have any questions, uh, happy to talk about upgrades. All right. All right, guys. Matt, is your tire still on the rim? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, exciting news. I managed to get the tire off the rim. So that's that's progress, right? <laughs> so now now you're back to square one. Now I'm back to square one. But the, square one. But the good news is my oven got fixed today. So I can put the tire in the oven and heat it up and see if I can mount it. But I'm going to hold off on doing that because I really want to put that tire on my new wheels that are on their way, winging their way uh, from England right now. I got a new set of uh, carbonium wheels coming. Hunt wheels. Hunt wheels for the road bike, yeah. Uh, courtesy of uh, our friend Pete, um, who's... Uh, Palmaris Pete. Palmaris, Palmaris Cycling. Uh, Pete is now a uh, certified dealer for Hunt Wheels. So if you want a potentially... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Uh, maybe he won't <laughs> offer you a better deal. But uh, <laughs> he gave me... a. An even better price than Hunt's price on uh, on wow. which, which is which is pretty good. Yeah, sounds like theft. Well, <laughs> no, I still had to shell out. 
still had to shell out a few Benjamins, but uh, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting those and uh, sticking those on my kind human and getting that out on the road again. Well, just, currently it's just getting covered in sweat on the trainer. I just wanted to say that we didn't get any uh, viewer mail this week, but mm. I felt like we got a Facebook comment. We did. That was pretty good, and I thought I would read it on the on, on air on, on our podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Dr. Jaden Kiefer chimes in and says, Matt Kite, putting your tire in the oven is not a great look when trying to argue against it being a Hitler tire. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Uh, well, so, he also says that our Alt Rougeray All Stars should have 100% included Old Man Olheiser and Fat Matt Davis. So there you go, Matt Davis. Yeah, couple couple local and regional legends. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's it for the 99th episode of the Yay Ride Podcast. Uh, Townsend's about to fall asleep because it's way past his bedtime. Mm. So why don't you sign us out? Twinkle toes. All right. Well, before I uh, before I'm off to sleep, I just uh, want to say that good night. This is the T Bone, um, and I've just discovered that apparently the internet does think that shrimp are orange. And this is a Cheerio. Uh, we didn't talk about Aussie Road or uh, South American Road because that's not road season hasn't really started yet. Road season starts in just under four weeks at Omloop Het Newsblad. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at yayuride. Leave us a ratings or a review, or do both, on iTunes. And um, I will say that, Matt, road season starts when loop starts uh, March 10th.